We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Uh, a very happy belated Father's Day to everyone. Uh, I was able to hear from the AFC West, and I can confirm that they did wish the Chiefs a happy Father's Day as well. So that's good news. Maddie Lane, happy Father's Day to you. Looks like you spent some time in a shipping container house on the beach for Father's Day. Uh, yes, yes, I did. I did, did, in fact, go to the beach. I did hang out in a shipping container, ate a lot of really good food. Shout out, well, old Wilmington, North Carolina. They got some good food down there. Surprisingly good food town. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm just excited. Kent didn't tell me this. I literally just pulled into my house at, like, five minutes ago. So I come straight from the car on here. Kent didn't tell me that Lex Luthor was joining us in the podcast <laughs> today. So Lex, buddy, how are you doing? Like, how's it going? I know the last time you tried to take over the world, it failed. But you got a new plan this time? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to kill everybody and everything today. That That's how that's how today's going. This is part of it. But uh, listen, I'm just happy to be able to talk football with you two fine gentlemen. That will brighten my day for sure. A lot of good football talk to be had around uh, June 19th. <laughs> I'll take it, man. I can't wait to ask Tilda Swinton some uh, some Chiefs questions here. So, in the, in the, I know you're begging. To, I, I know it's killing you on the inside. You can explain your joke so that way the rest of us can, can catch on. I know Tilda it's Swinton. You you know who Tilda Swinton is? Oh, no, I just like it when you explain your jokes to us. Oh no, this isn't a pun. <laughs> okay. This is good. This is good. I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Uh, if this is audio only, you need to get to the KCSN YouTube channel. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and please hit the like button and please hit the subscribe button. 
And please feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps us grow KC Sports Network. Uh, we like to hear uh, back from, from all of y'all. Five-star reviews, just they help us grow KC Sports Network. So would very much appreciate all that. I will remind you, I, we're over halfway uh, filled out for the KCSN Golf Tournament at this point. This is just a friendly reminder. Make sure you are uh, quick to enter your team in the uh, KCSN Golf Tournament. It's called Tacos and Bourbon this year. Mission Taco has stepped up. Obviously, Holiday uh, will be there as well. You're going to get some incredible uh, snacks and some barbecue from Chief Bearcat. Uh, you're going to... There's all kinds of prizes. There's all kinds... It's just... It's an incredible time. And $500 gets you a team of four into the tournament. There is a link to... Um, to enter your team in the description of the show. It's very important. Uh, get it out early. Just so make sure. We're just trying to make sure people know, you know, hey, we're, we're over halfway full now. So uh, make sure you're taking advantage of that. I'm excited. I know it is peak June. I am still excited. Uh, I watched a little bit of, I watched a little bit of the, the Chiefs this weekend, just watching some all 22. Um, heard from, we heard from Andy Reid in some comments uh, from him and I, I there's just i don't know I'm, I'm excited to talk about a couple of things and the first thing i want to stop talk about is is sky more i'm quite fascinated with some of the comments made about sky more when it comes to andy reed and patrick mahomes both of them really had a lot of good things to say about them there seems to be an increased level of confidence there seems to be a lot of positivity in the sky more camp and I know like when we look at roster building and we look at the Chiefs from the outside, there's only so much that we're going to be able to, you know, have the context on. And we're not going to have the context on the offseason. And obviously, we believe that there are players that are going to be able to take a step when it comes, you know, down to it. And you hope that that's going to happen. But when you're on the outside looking in, it's really hard to look at the totality of a roster and be like, Oh, you know, all it's going to take is Kadarius Tony to stay healthy and Sky Moore to take this giant step in year two. And, you know, you, you can't do that when we're when we're in our situation. But I do want to I, I want to I want to live in a little dream scenario for a little while where we talk about the growth and development of Sky Moore. I think the interesting thing is the level of confidence that it seems that both quarterback and play caller have a, in, in Sky Moore and in his growth over the year, Maddie. I mean, so when you just kind of look at the concept here of what the Chiefs have been saying about all the different wide receivers coming out of the offseason, I feel like it is a little different with Sky Moore compared to a Kadarius Tony or a Justin Ross or I mean, just anybody else that you want to go through here. It does seem like it's a little bit different. Everything, not that they're not positive on everybody, but with Sky Moore, there's been a very big emphasis on getting the trust of whether it's Mahomes, of Andy Reid, of Nagy, just whoever it might be. A lot of it seems to be centered around he now has the trust. He's now learned what he needs to know. He's come out himself and kind of said like, hey, I got here and I really didn't, not, I didn't understand it, but like I had a lot to go through and I finally felt like, I finally feel like I'm here now. So just, it just feels like the tone's a little bit different. The tone doesn't seem to be as much about what he could possibly do if X, Y, and Z go right. It's a lot more of, he's taken these steps between the ears, not necessarily even just on the field, but he's taken these steps between the ears. We're seeing that play out now and what, where that's showing up is just like, yeah, that trust, the consistency he's having and showing from these other guys. So I don't know, to me, it kind of seems like a little bit different of a narrative. I don't know how uh, Craig feels about this one though. No, I, I think, I think 
I'm in line with a lot of that stuff. I do like that Andy Reid came out and made sure to say, hey, listen, he's he's really impressed me this offseason. I like what I see. This is a direct quote here. He's getting strong, and you can tell that he's worked this offseason. He was down there with Pat the whole time and never missed a day with him, so he's done a good job. And most importantly, the tag at the end of that that I don't think is getting enough run, he has a better understanding. And mm-hmm. I think at times – when you watch the offense last year, you know, there's a lot of times throughout the season it's like, why is Justin Watson getting these reps? Why aren't we seeing more Sky Moore? Why aren't we seeing him on the field? And then you'd see him on the field, and maybe when you're watching him from the L22, spacing's not right. Things don't seem to be clicking as well. The route distribution doesn't seem to be exactly right. And then all of a sudden, you wouldn't see Sky for a little while more, and you'd see a lot more Justin Watson again. That's that's a correlation for certain there. I really true do truly believe that. Andy coming out and saying he has a better understanding is, I, I mean, that that's everything with how this offseason and how this offense is going to work with Sky Moore in it. And so that's really good to see that already, you know, it, listen, they're running routes against air and stuff like that, but that's when you will see it. Like if he's breaking at the appropriate moments and feeling things, you know, and all that – This is exactly when you're going to be able to detect a lot of that stuff because you are running routes against air. You are just trying to work on this many steps before I do this and I break here and I turn my head here and I'm looking here. That's the sort of stuff that is going to show up at this point in time of the year. So the fact that he's already doing it better than what we saw last year, even according to Andy Reid, is a huge, huge thing for this offseason for him. Well, and like, I don't know, it's like this... OTAs doesn't matter for everyone. There's just only so much you can get on the offensive line. But Sky Moore getting reps, reading coverage, making you know side adjustments to his routes based on all that stuff. And and you, you heard Andy Reid say, like you said, Craig, you mentioned, you know, hey, the grasp of the playbook. Andy also goes on to say, you know, trust. Trust from the quarterback. Mm. That's like I think I it literally might have been last Monday that we talked exactly about that and how like I think I think it was literally last month you can go back someone can go back and find out but I'm pretty sure it was last month we talked exactly about hey the, the trust is going to be really really crucial and what's interesting to me about it is you know we talk about the trust and all that stuff he, Patrick Mahomes throws out Sky Moore might be the juju replacement in some capacity like he's doing a lot of the juju stuff and I think, like, in a lot of ways, I, I think there are some crossovers. Like, they're not an apples-to-apples player. But that juju role re- requires tons of trust. Tons of trust. And so, like, that's what's so interesting to me about the comments from Patrick Mahomes is not just the fact that there seems to be more confidence, but, you know, the areas of the field and, and what they expect of him and how they expect him to be utilized a little bit. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I guess that's kind of the uh, intriguing thing now because now we've heard kind of uh, Brett Veach say they see Rasheed Rice as a guy that can maybe step into this Juju Smith-Schuster role. And now we've kind of gotten Sky Moore could maybe step into that. And I think if you ask any Chiefs fan or anyone that kind of follows the team, yeah, like obviously those are the two players that seem the most likely to step into that role that kind of a lot of people are anticipating. With Sky Moore, it's interesting. It's a very small sample size, right? But last year, he was the second best receiver on a per-route basis versus man coverage. 
he was one of the worst for zone coverage, right? And that kind of makes sense though, learning a new system, learning all these tweaks. When do I round this route up and drift up field? When do I cut directly behind a defender and then curl back into the vacated spot? Looking at like specifically the 49ers game the, where he drifts up field and it re- ends up resulting in an interception because he's not in the right spot. So having that trust, if they are seeing him translate to a Juju Smith-Schuster role, that really does say that he's understanding not only the routes and the concepts, but the adjustments that he has to make and being on the same page as Mahomes. I, I don't know if that's going to you know come to fruition or not, because I think that's a big gap from where he was. Uh, but I think what you're seeing is this team is going out of their way to talk up a guy's, the, the trust they have, the consistency, Sky Moore's building, whether it just be meeting with Mahomes every single day to catch passes or out on the field or the way he's answered questions, talking to the coaching staff, they're building up the consistency and the trust that they have in him. He's going to get opportunities, whether that's in a juju role, whether that's in an own, a different role entirely kind of created for him. I don't know what that'll be, but it seems very clear they are going to give him a an important role or a significant role in this offense, or at least they want him to take one. And it's funny when we talk about the complexities of Andy Reid's playbook and how long it takes these guys to kind of come up to speed. I think we translate it just to, oh, he's going to line up, he's going to run this one route, and that's it. There's so much more as far as, you know, reading the safety, reading the side adjustment, having your feel with your quarterback, knowing when the blitz is coming so that you know when you've got to be the hot man. there, There are so many layers to the offense here that it's not just, well, he just needs to get into his playbook and work it. No, it's a lot of on-field reps. It's a lot of physical reps that occur. So him being with Mahomes every day is a big deal. Him getting this in training camp is a big deal. And I think we talk a lot, you know, I see some some stuff in the chat here, like we'll pick on this one right here, Abre Los Ojos. Do we worry about Sky's ability to replace Juju as a 5'9 wide receiver? Yes, certainly, uh, you know, but... I do think that Sky Moore is a very physical player at the catch point, even despite that size. He's got big hands. You know, he's got 10-inch hands. He's able to haul in the ball really, really well, does well playing through contact at the catch point. So does Rasheed Rice there. But from a Sky Moore perspective, when we were looking at this offense last year, we were looking at some of those reps, especially early on when it was very clear, okay, he's not going to get some of those MBS reps. Okay, so he's not going to get some of the McColl reps. The Juju reps made sense with his skill set and with the way that they utilized Juju in the offense last year. So it does make natural sense with his skill set, the ability to break off a guy, the ability to beat press, the ability to make some catches in the middle of the field that are a little bit tougher. I, I think that that makes sense for Sky Moore. Yes, he is smaller, but I think that he's playing bigger and it fits kind of what Juju did in this offense last year. I, I talked a little bit off the top about, you know, uh, we when on the outside looking in, we're not, you know, you you hope for jumps, but you can't completely factor in a jump into what you're looking at on paper entirely from an outside perspective. But I want it to be known, you know, and I, first off, I, you know, what you see on your, all we have is what he did in his rookie year to, to base some stuff on. For sure. But at the same time, it's easy to see how just a step in confidence, a step in understanding knowledge and trust with Patrick Mahomes could lead to a lot of success for Sky Moore because there was a lot of things on tape that showed up when he was, uh, you know, when he was a, a draft prospect and things that got us excited about him. And, 
I think we had him as a, a top 40 ish prospect or something like that in the KCSN draft guide. And those skills and those talents and those abilities do translate really well over the middle of the field, you know, and I think they tried to exploit those abilities a little bit with some of the slain RPO stuff. They tried to hit him on a couple of them, but big hands, you know, long, longer arms for a guy his size, some density, some ability to work through contact. I think Andy Reid or somebody said he was a running back after, after the catch uh, last year. And like all those things are true. So if they can put everything together for him, you know, if he can gain confidence, there's undoubtedly, you know, some, some ceiling and some upside and some ability to him to, you know, do to take a real tangible step. And I think we're all rooting for that. We're all hoping for it. Cause that's for the betterment of this football team. And it'll be a lot of fun because we were all sky more fans coming out. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us here at KC Sports Network and the KC Laboratory. Please feel free to hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. Uh, I am working to get confirmed numbers. We have like 10 spots left in the KCSN golf tournament. <laughs> so it is getting... You get are, in. Yeah. It's July 29th, Sunflower Hills Golf Club. Uh, it is going to be incredible. Cannot wait. I will be driving the golf cart, and I believe Tucker D. Franklin will be riding with me from rumors. The golf ahead. cart or the beer cart? Because beer cart those is, are oh, two, sorry, two different yeah. things. Driving, <laughs> yeah. Driving the beer carts. I don't know. I don't know what the. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but you got big shoes to fill. So you know, I literally. I people, <laughs> people I, don't want you showing up in just a golf cart if you're charging the beer cart. No, I'll. We'll be all right. We will be all right. Uh, and Tucker's there, and you know, 
seltzers and tucker in donations you know who knows we'll see but yeah make sure make sure you're signing up for that don't miss out andy reed talks a little about wanya morris and it's really hard to I, obviously again i just got done talking about how it's kind of hard to glean stuff from the offensive line it's you know otas are not built similarly for every single position there's just certain things that are you're not going to really know about a player but it does it did genuinely seem like Andy Reid was a little bit hyped about Wanya Morris and excited about. He went he went as far as to say he was a good pick. Which I just found a very interesting phrasing cuz I don't think we've really heard him say something quite like that very often. But, you know, there was there was some questions asked about, "Hey, you know, playing on the left side, playing on the right side." Um they seem to really like Wanya Morris. Uh just the early returns on Wanya Morris seemed to be quite positive. I didn't I don't think the door is shut on Wanya Morris, you know, finding a way into that, that rotation. I tend to believe it's pretty, sh- I think it's, I think we're probably waiting until 2024 to see him, but I, I Wanya Morris is climbing up the list of players. I'm excited about watching at training camp in 2023. If you, if you ask me, I, I mean, I think that there's a lot to like with him. There's a five-star recruit, goes to Tennessee. A lot of other teams are competing for him, ends up going to Oklahoma after some head coaching shenanigans at Tennessee. So very talented player. I think that's obvious. You watch him and you can see it. So yeah, I think any coach is probably super excited for what they've seen from him, especially before pads are coming on when you're just working in this situation because his his natural athleticism is going to show. His length, all the stuff he's really good at is easily going to show. We'll see what happens once you get into training camp and into preseason. Like this is one of the, and I don't mean this that Wanya Morris is in no any way, shape, or form a bad pick or not a good player. Just the listening to that, this was one of those hype ups that I think kind of to me sound like Andy just hyping up a guy because that's what Andy does. Andy never says anything negative about anybody. He's always gonna put their best foot forward for them when he's talking to the press. So like I don't, I'm just not reading much into it. I my opinion, you know, on Wanya Morris hasn't changed a lot. It's nice to see that Andy, you know, has liked what he's seen from so far. They haven't liked it enough to let him try first team right tackle reps, let Juwan Taylor try first team left tackle reps. So that's kind of where the end result is for me is regardless of what is said, he's still working as a second team guy, which is fine. That's absolutely okay. But he's still working as a second team guy while they keep their best offensive tackle on the right side, which that might still be their best starting five overall, but nothing's changed from that yet. But before you jump in here, Craig, I do want to clarify real quick because yes, Wanya Morris has got first team reps with the offensive line at left tackle. It should be noted the times at which he has been doing that have been when Donovan Smith is not there. So I don't think I don't think Wanya's got any first team reps without Donovan Smith being absent. Even though, hey, look, I'm still. Anyways, sorry, Craig. Please continue. Yeah, I'll I'll dovetail right off of that. Um, they got dudes in the room that they have trusted to play left tackle in a pinch under mm-hmm. Andy Reid. Prince Tegawanogo is there. Yeah. Lucas Nyang is there. Those are guys that they have trusted to play in that left tackle spot in case of injury. They've got Joe Tooney there. Joe Tooney could kick out as far as we care. You know, it's not like Creed and Joe really need that that work together to build that rapport. No, they're good, man. They're good on the interior. They could work different guys in there. Wanye Morris getting those reps over those other guys is noteworthy in mm-hmm. itself. So yes, Andy Reid's probably he's he's certainly not going to windmill dunk on a rookie. Like <laughs> that's not going to happen. He's not going to come out and be like, "Guys, he ain't picking it up." Don't uh, worry. 
<laughs> it's just not good. Not not happening. It's not happening from Andy Reid. So the, you got to look more at the actions in that in that standpoint. And if Wanya Morris is picking it up quickly enough to be able to get second team reps, I even said this going into OTAs and going into mini camps and everything like that. It's like don't fret if he's in on the third team. When you start seeing him climb the ladder, if he's getting second team reps, that means Andy Heck trusts that he's executing the way that they want. Because right now, what it mainly is, is footwork, positioning, and trying to make sure that you are in the right spot based on the call that's happening in the huddle there. If it's a second team role and they're trusting him to step in when Donovan Smith isn't there, that means Andy Heck trusts him to do that well enough. It means he's advancing far enough as a rookie to get to that point. Now, again, I'm with Kent here. I'm not saying one year Morris is going to come out and be the starter week one. That's not the expectation there. That's not what I would at all expect him to do, especially at left tackle when he's been playing right tackle since he left Tennessee. So I think there's a lot of room that needs to grow, but based on the offenses that he came out of, we knew there, were, there was a lot of work that he needed to do to earn this coaching staff's trust, and he has if he's already leapfrogged some of those other guys in camp. To be fair, some Oklahoma offensive linemen have been able to pick things up quickly here. They've, you know, Creed Humphrey was able to step in day one. I do find it interesting that Wanya Morris was the guy that they were prioritizing getting some of those opportunities on the first team offensive line. I def, I, I genuinely think that's something worth paying attention to just as you know, my ears are perked. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying, you know, he's, he's jumping in and he's going to replace Donovan Smith, but I think the, a lot of it is interesting. For me, like two things. We talk about Wani Morris's left tackle tape at Tennessee was bad when he was a teenager. Okay. That's a long uh, time ago. Yeah. It's a long time ago. I, you know, who knows what happens if he sticks around there for the entirety of his time. Anton Harrison's kind of a decent football player. They probably wanted him to play left tackle. But I'm just, I'm so curious about the developmental arc of Wanye because you know how what are they like what are they what are they going to do are they going to are they going to keep him at left tackle are they going to let Jawan Taylor play his natural position try to develop Wanya Morris as a left tackle of the future like my ears are at least perked up when i hear you know them talking about that and you know i, I don't know I, I that's what's interesting i it, this is one of those like we kind of talk about it's like the outside looking in kind of conversations right Maybe they are just going to move them to left and try to develop them from there, Maddie. I mean, yeah, it that's the way things seem to be trending like at this moment in time, right? Like obviously Wanya Morse has still had some reps at right tackle, but all we have to go off of right now are the very select few screenshots that come out of Chiefs camp. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of them have Jawan Taylor at the first team, Lucas Niang playing a lot of second team reps uh, at right tackle. There hasn't been a lot of Wanya Morse playing right tackle, most of it's been him at left tackle. When Donovan Smith has not been available to play, it's been Wanya Morris stepping in with the first team. And now, whether that means he's jumped, whether that means he's the second team left tackle yet or not, I don't feel comfortable answering that based on mini camp right now. Like this could just be a guy getting some reps and stuff like that. But if you're making a prediction going forward, it would certainly be, uh, it seems a little out of pocket to say this guy is going to spend his entire rookie season learning to be the backup left tackle just to move him back to the right side the following year. That would seem to be kind of a very roundabout way to go about moving two guys, two positions again, because then you would still be going back to 
Jawan Taylor is changing position. So back to the whole thing. I don't think we'll know until training camp what yeah. this what this unit's going to look like, but heavy lean towards Wanya Morris is going to get a shot to be this team's left tackle of the future at this point in time. And Jawan Taylor is going to most likely stick to the, to the right side. It, I'm, I, can I jump in? I'm sorry, Craig, real yeah, quick. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. I just, I think it's, I, I, how often are the Chiefs making a rookie a swing tackle? You know, like I'm trying to think, and maybe it speaks a little bit more I, to the rigidity of Lucas Niang's ability to play left that they're putting Wani over there. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Lucas Niang going after he sat out the COVID year was working out as a left tackle going yes, into his true rookie year. And didn't um, sniff and, it. And didn't get reps he, there. He did it. I think he did during mini camps and stuff. Like during, he, yeah, he during during camps, he definitely did. But definitely they, did. they put and the kibosh on, kibosh on that. Sure. Yeah. They, they ended it pretty quick, but he did. And then you go back to Eric Fisher. He obviously played right tackle as a rookie and then moved sure. over to left side. So like... I don't. Th- I definitely don't think the Chiefs are a team that is going to be very rigid and decides their offensive lineman play. I actually think they're very open. They're very fluid with that. But I think once you start to dial things down, it's it's not a position that you want guys flip flopping back and forth all over the place. It would make no sense to be to have Wanya Morris learn to be a backup, not a starter, just the backup left tackle or the backup swing tackle, just to move him, you know, positions again. So we'll. We'll see how it plays out. But I do think traditionally they are a team that does like to flop guys around during the offseason until they find what they think fits best. And let me rephrase this one more time. I'm sorry, Craig. You look great. Uh, But how often do you think a team like the Chiefs are really leaning heavily on the 97th pick or whatever he was in the draft to be their swing tackle? I guess like I'm just like looking at the gravity of what they need. It just, I well, don't know. Lucas Niang was going to be a starter or a swing I, tackle when they took him roughly in the same spot. I don't know. I, it feels different with, it feels different with Wanya <laughs> than Lucas. I'll just, anyways, I, that's, I, this doesn't seem like it's as real because Lucas Niang did not look remotely comfortable in the start. I think at Lucas Niang <laughs> took a year off. At a year his off. Rookie year. Yeah. Like that, I think that that kind of ruins any comparison that we can make between. Lucas Niang and Wanye Morris. Realistically, he was out of the building. Like, he was. And the Chiefs yeah. didn't get to do a lot of what they like to do with rookies. I, to play devil's advocate here, Wanye Morris has played left, has played right tackle, most recently played right tackle for Oklahoma. Guess what? He's pretty damn good at right tackle. Like we were genuinely excited about him playing right tackle for this team with Jawan Taylor over on the left side. Now they've decided they're going to keep the guy that they know is top tier right tackle as a right tackle. And they're shifting this guy back over to left tackle where he played at Tennessee. He's certainly got the footwork if he's able to make that switch after Oklahoma, you know, basically two years removed from playing left tackle, he's able to kind of step in here and say, okay, yep, I'm ready to play left tackle again and doing it well enough that Andy Heck says, hey, guess what? You're getting run ahead of some of these other guys because we need you to get that run. Now, could be a testament to how they feel about some of the other tackles in the room that he was so easily able to leapfrog that but yes to to the eric fisher example i I think that is a great one because you talk about a guy with extreme athleticism 
that needed a little bit of refinement kind of you know, certainly took off like a rocket to get to that number one spot there and then plays right tackle kind of eases in there, took a little time to adjust to the NFL and then becomes this very good left tackle after Brandon Albert leaves. There is no reason in my mind that another super athlete like Wanye Morris, who is obviously comfortable playing either side because he's doing it right now, but he just is. I, there's no reason to think that a guy like that can't translate and can't make that transition. It was just a question of coming out of the offenses that he was coming into the NFL the way that he was. I, I had a lot of questions about him playing left tackle, but if he's checking boxes for Andy Heck, I, I, who am I to say anything different? We're going to transition to a break and come back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, take a sit. Thank you all so much, very much. KCSN Golf Tournament, all that good stuff. I know you guys are probably sick of me saying it. Uh, Craig sipping on a Dale's Pale Ale, which is now localish for you, right? Double, double Pale oh. Ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, real right. quick, before we get out of here, Chris Jones, there seems to be some optimism. I it just like it just seems to be a lot of optimism. It's kind of funny because it's coming off the backs of Chris Jones not showing up to the uh the ring ceremony which report- the best story we had for like 24 hours reportedly <laughs> reportedly eight hours per sources and the source was chris jones on twitter <laughs> he was sick yeah since it's a good reason then, not to be there <laughs> but i i think you know you hear the quotes from brett veach there you hear the albert breer report I, there seems to be a ton of optimism about a about a deal getting done and like I, I think there's like I, largely I think most Chiefs fans had an expectation, but there was also a little bit in the back of your mind, maybe just because of the Tyreek Hill situation that this team just went through, where they moved on from one of their superstars. That maybe you know maybe there's just like there's a chance, 
it really does feel like before training camp starts this year, Chris Jones is going to have a substantial deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, Maddie. I mean, I think so. I think we've always been trending towards that, right? Like that. I don't. I don't think that's ever really been the question, especially once we got past like the draft, when that would make the only time that would be a trading of him would make sense. And you're most likely not going to play him out on this contract. Like it's going to be a deal. So like, yeah, I just. I feel like this is the way we're going. I, I still stand by this. I think the the way things have gone the past two weeks, I don't I have very little hope that you're gonna get some kind of deal, some kind of like bargain on Chris Jones. I think he's I think he's asking for and probably gonna get out closer to Aaron Donald than closer to whoever is currently the second highest paid defensive tackle. I think he's very clearly kind of better than everybody else, not named Aaron Donald. And at this point, he's gonna ask for that money. I thought earlier this offseason there was a chance that he might take a little bit, not a not major discount, not talking about taking, you know, some mid-level defensive tackle money, but like he might have taken a little bit less. He might have been okay just be, barely being the second highest paid D tackle earlier this offseason was my feelings. I don't have that same feeling anymore. I think he's wanting as much money as he can possibly get. And I have absolutely no problem with that. Chris Jones, please go do that. Get as much, do whatever you want to do. If you want, however you want to go about it, he should, that's what he should be doing. I just, I don't have the optimism from a Chiefs fan perspective that he is going to come in at any level of what we're going to call a deal for the Chiefs. No, it's not going to be a deal, nor should it be a deal. He's, uh, he was third in the NFL in defensive player of the year voting this year. And the two guys in front of him are just playing out of their minds awesome. So, like, it, it is, no, there's no doubt in my mind that Chris Jones is going to break $26 million. Like, I, I think that he's going to be above that in AAV, the average annual value. Now, who knows how much of that he'll see. We'll, we'll see details of the contract when that all finalizes and stuff like that. But I don't believe that he's going to break Aaron Donald money. And oh, I, I think, think he's breaking he knows, 30. You think he's breaking 30? I think I, I think it's in the realm. Hey, I really if do. If it wasn't... It would already be done if that wasn't the case. I think so too. I think it'd already be done. Yeah, I just don't, I, again, well, we're we've shifted to social media, and, and not a problem, but we've shifted yeah. to show, social media negotiation tactics from both sides. We have the Chiefs sneaking <laughs> stuff to uh, you know to NFL reporters. We have Chris yeah. Jones shooting out cryptic tweets and stuff like that. Like we've gotten to the point now to where it's clearly just jockeying over money and or years on a contract. I think we're pushing into. I think we're probably north of thirty. I, and and I'm fine with that. I just know that the reason that they probably hadn't had a conversation at all this offseason is because they were letting the rest of the defensive tackle market work out. It didn't make sense for either side to come to the table before. Now. And it's it still really working. Didn't. And, and it's, it's still working. going. It's still yeah. going. Yeah. They're, they're still not finalized with some of these deals. I will say a lot of the deals have come in lower than what I expected a lot of the defensive tackle deals to come at, in at. But... Once again, I think they got more guaranteed. Like I think that's more what they guaranteed. Went for. Yes, yeah. absolutely, more guaranteed. But that being said, Chris Jones is well worth every penny at thirty million dollars. He absolutely is. He is the key part of this defensive line. He is now the veteran leader on this defensive line and a guy that they need in the building to make this four-man pass rush work. We saw what happened with Joe Cullen when other pieces started to come together and give Chris Jones a little bit of help on that defensive line. What happened in the best year of his career? In not a contract year, now, for all intents and purposes, it was a contract year, but Chiefs could just let this ride this year, keep him under contract. He didn't have to do that this year. So it's not a motivation thing for Chris Jones. This was a, 
I want more rings. I want to do this. I'm going to step into this role. I want my name to be hanging in Canton. And he is on the fringe of that, if not there already. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to come to the table. I think they're going to pay him a lot of money because they have to. He is the guy on that defense. They love to have building blocks. They love to have guys that they build around, especially on the defensive line. If you know anything about Andy Reid and Brett Veach, that's where they like to funnel a lot of money into. They just got rid of a lot of money on that defensive line. Go ahead and roll it over into Chris Jones and just make the man happy. Make your defensive line as good as it can be. They've invested in the first round with defensive ends back-to-back years as well, continuing to add cheap, talented assets to the defensive line to build around Chris Jones. I would love to take the under on 30 million APY though. If someone Yeah, would I went and looked at Donald's contract. It's kind of funny. It's a funny 30, 31, whatever. Well, there's the voids. Well, there's the voids on the back. It's a little funny to get to his 31. Like it's not quite as straightforward as it initially yeah. looks. Yeah, maybe that maybe that is a little high, but I still think that you're looking a lot closer to his number than you are to what who's second, Jeffrey Simmons, right now. Yeah. I think you're definitely looking at closer to Donald. And he's under Simmons. 25. Like he's under uh, the rest Just of the defense is tackle. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the the DT market has not uh outside Aaron Donald's still an outlier. He's like a Mahomes on one of those uh XY axis outliers. Right. Except now. for last year there was somebody with him though. Like that's I think that's what we're kind of banking I'm on. About, I know. I'm talking right, contract. No, no, I was talking about contra- like, contractually, yeah. Yeah. Twenty seven yeah, million is what is what Albert Brewer threw out as a number. Twenty seven million APY. Would, I think that sounds about right. I would think, do it. I think the the one thing that the one thing Chris Jones has uh, against him is the Jeffrey Simmons as of the world, the Duran Payne's, uh, the Quinnen Williams. They're all younger. This is all their first contract, and like, I think that's the one thing that's going to be a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but he's better. Chris. Like clearly, oh, he is too. Clearly, clearly. But you also have to ask yourself: Did you just pay? Are you paying for his career year to be last year? You know, no. so. has Quinnen Williams signed yet? No. But no, he's so only, Quentin Williams is still out there. Okay. And that's like, I think that's one of the last dominoes. There might be some waiting it out, you know? Well, and because he's the other guy that's getting the actual sack pressure, the actual pass rush pressures too. Like, I love Jeffrey Simmons. I think he's a great pass rusher too, but like, he's not Chris Jones, Quentin Williams, Aaron Donald pass rushing at this point of his career, which are the guys that kind of get paid. So I just, I'm curious, I am curious to see what Quentin Williams, Chris Jones all end up at, but. I think for like the sake of it, I it would make no sense, and it never has for Chris Jones to sign before these other guys because I don't think his market and their market is related. He's clearly going to be the second highest paid defensive tackle. They were clearly going to be lower than him. So like I don't, I I'm not surprised that those guys didn't change the market given there is a they're waiting for somebody else to already come in ahead of them. I guess. The one thing I keep. I keep seeing like people freaking out that he hasn't signed in June. Hmm. I don't think he was ever going to sign in June. Like just a friendly reminder. Didn't he say July? (laughs) Like, didn't he actually say July at one point this off season? It's like, I just like, there's not that the urgency only exists. If you're trying to rush to be in front of the new Hopkins market, like there's no reason to sign it right now. Yeah. How's that going? How's that going for nuke right now? I told you, I think Nukes, I think if Nuke had a good deal, he would have signed it by now. Yep. I think all this talk, I think he hired a new, I think he, because I think he hired an agent because it wasn't going well. 
I think the agent has put out every agent line that you possibly can. He's going to take some visits and find the right fit. No, he's trying to get paid, and no one wants to pay him what he wants. He's not going to get the Odell Beckham Jr. deal. I The Ravens I will, look silly right now. They really? Oh, yeah. They absolutely really silly. Do. Yeah. Of course. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's sniffing the Odell deal. I think the longer no. this goes on, I think the longer this goes on, he's a chief. I think we, we might've talked about this last week. I don't remember. Yeah. No, I mean, but. that's been my stance. The longer this goes, the more likely this becomes the chief uh, more than anything else. Um, I mean, the bills are obviously still lurking. They didn't spend that much on Leonard Floyd. So like, I don't think that matters. Like the bills are still there. I think the longer it goes, the chiefs and the bills look better and better. The chiefs I, seem I, to have the best, the best, haha, we have money card left in Chris Jones. Like I, they seem to have the better, the better flip card there. Are we, are we sure the bills are that into him into nuke right now? I, I think they're less in on nuke than they were. Maybe. I don't know. Right before their, uh, mandatory mini camp, maybe right after the physicals at the mandatory. Listen, nobody knows what's know. going on with the bills right now. <laughs> and Stefan Diggs especially, but anybody. Back to Chris Jones. The only reason why you are needing that money right at this very moment is to get other contracts done. And the only one that seems like it's any sort of urgent is Nuke Hopkins. Or if you're trying to get a guy like Carlos Dunlap in for cheap, which I mean, Chiefs don't have a ton of cap room, but you know, that could be a move that's kind of waiting in the balance as well. The other ones that we've talked about, Legere Sneed's contract, maybe. They come back to the table with him, but that's going to be something that falls after Chris Jones, after the cap room is kind of freed up a little bit more there. So there's, unless the Chiefs are trying to add another guy to the room, which if you listen to Andy Reid, seems to be pretty happy with the wide receivers so far, then, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a super urgent thing to do. So I'm not panicked. The last time this happened, you know what happened? Chris Jones signed a contract. He was there. He played really well under that contract and stuck around for the entirety of that contract. So it's okay. Chiefs aren't going to give him any sort of short shrift or hold anything against him. So I'm not really worried about Chris Jones not being here yet. One other thought note from Albert Breer. He did kind of seem to intimate that maybe the Chiefs had a little bit of uh, comfortability with what they've seen at the receiver group so far. Um so I, I will say this. So I, I can just read this real quick before we get out of here. Because um, they are talking about the, you know, the DeAndre uh, Hopkins situation and the Chiefs were in negotiations to potentially acquire him. The Odell Breckham situation kind of blew that up. And then it said at that point, the Chiefs were determined to add a receiver. So people that were saying, oh, no, they weren't. They weren't. They don't need a receiver. Mm-hmm. No, they absolutely were. Yes. Uh, but that didn't mean they were going to spend for one. So they took the money earmarked for Hopkins, gave it to former Bucks, left tackle Donovan Smith, and drafted Rishi Rice. And now they've had six good weeks with Rice in the building. That's the line from Albert Breer. Ears perked. We'll see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins. And if anything happens between now and Thursday, we'll be sure to talk about it. That's going to do it for the Casey Laboratory. We'll catch you later. We haven't even talked about the Heat trying to trade for Dame. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU.
K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.